Okay, we're back here for our fourth episode of EJ Sparks Conversation podcast, and I'm here with um, Ange from Melbourne, <laughs> um, a physio, correct? Yeah, uh, last year physio. Jeez, so yeah. fourth year then. Yep. Nice one. And um, and she's decided to, or you know, openly said that she um, can hop on, and so she's how old? Uh, Twenty three today, actually. Today, yeah. oh, happy birthday! Jeez, there you go. Um, yeah, so she's she's another young person and um, got an amazing story. So hopefully, you know, everyone out there that's listening can um, get inspired and, and sort of go out there and do some great things um, after this episode. So, firstly, to get started, um, I'm sort of love routine, love habits, everything like that. Um, what's the weirdest habit that um, you have, like that not many people know? It could be, you know. I don't know, a routine or something, or maybe a habit that really annoys you? Um, I have pretty, like, this is just going to go, this is my I don't mind, people. don't mind where it and goes. I have a pretty, like, regularly timed bowel movement. Every, literally, I can tell you exactly when it's happened to happen every morning. <laughs> is, that why you, is that why you do it on Instagram yeah, all the time? I've got a full highlights reel on oh, toilet gosh. selfies, but I, it's it's weird as whack, but yeah. I, I, it, I can tell, I know exactly when it happens. Yeah, yeah. It's literally why I wake up. I'm like, it, it's like 7 a.m. every day. 7 a.m. On the, like, it's always, yeah. might be yeah. a little bit late, but. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's as weird as it gets. Yeah, but there you go. And, and why are you so open about that? Because uh, I know I, I've checked out your Instagram and it's, it's all on there and, and you <laughs> openly speak about it all the time. I don't know, I think my non-filter part is, uh, it's a part of making people feel comfortable in every aspect of life. Yes. I think for me it's not about being crude and it's not about being gross and it's not being about any of that. It's actually just about speaking about things that potentially are taboo. Yeah. That, um, everyone does or yeah, happens to everyone yeah and making it a, just a normal, normal part thing. of life <laughs> like it's just and being like in the health and um, like allied health yeah and kind of working in hospital and stuff yeah. you become quite immune to things like bodily processes true, and things true. like that um, so I just openly talk about it not in a really disgusting like detailed way but I'm just yeah, like you're comfortable let's, talking I'm about like, it let's be real most of you take your phones to the toilet don't deny it and everyone's yeah. like oh I don't, but secretly I do. Yeah, yeah. So it's no, a thing. everyone I yeah. This day and age, definitely as well. Oh, yeah, I think it's just an aspect of making people feel comfortable within. Yeah. In where society's a little bit more rigid and yeah. a bit more strict with things. So that's probably the reason why. Yeah, definitely. And I, I commend you for that because I've never met you and I like now feel so comfortable being around you anyway. <laughs> so you. Um, I think that's a, a you know tribute to your personality oh, and the way you, you are. Um, now, Let's take a step back um, to say when you're in high school, the later years, mm. um, say year 11, year 12, what sort of did you want to do? What sparked you know, that internal flame on inside of you? Or did you have a spark or did you not know what you wanted to do with your life? So I, in year 11 and 12, I love school. Like yeah. I am, uh, I just loved every aspect of it. It yeah. was like, I love being <laughs> academically challenged, but I love being co-curricular in every sense yeah um <laughs> why do you reckon that was because not a lot of people do like school and not a lot of people or young people are engaged at school was it like your teachers that sort of made it yeah it so actually engaging? so i went to school down the road at mccroll yeah um and it was everything about the school so it was a 
it was academic school to start off with. Yeah. So you're surrounded by absolute just prodigies yeah. who you look at and you're like, you're actually amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then you get these teachers who give students so much independence to to learn and be, but also yeah. be there to guide. Yeah. So, um, like, not obviously not every teacher. You're not gonna. Not a, I don't think every teacher's like that, which is a, sh a shame in a sense. But then when you get the good ones, they're freaking amazing, yeah. and they are life changing at that pivotal time. So yeah. I had some really important key teachers then that really took me under their wing and kind of let me be me, but just guided me in the right direction. Yeah. And so in say co-curricular and leadership stuff, I was always comfortable doing things and giving. I was given a lot of autonomy to make decisions yeah. Yeah. In, a, in a more kind of adult level than just being like a year 11 year 12 student like the sports coordinator we have an exchange to adelaide and he let me organize the uniforms the flights for and the kind of the um hosts hosting situation yeah for the logistics for, side yeah of for like 72 students Jeez. and obviously he was there to yeah guide you on, yeah. yeah but I, I was pretty much looking for the flights and booking them with the assistant principal kind of wow thing. yeah so that was awesome yeah to, to be able to do that but at the same time um, gives you re real world experience yeah um but there's teachers that guide you in like life and then there's teachers that are just so academically yeah. smart yeah and yeah. amazing and you're just like i love that how much passion you put into that one subject that you teach yeah and it changes things. It makes you want to learn more, and it makes you want to understand why they're so passionate about it. Yeah, but I'm just a curious definitely. mind in general, so yeah, I love being challenged. Like I love it when my brain is stimulated. Yeah. So did you see yourself going down the physio path um, or going down a different pathway? Yeah, I, I think so. Like I, it was never specifically physio. Yeah. But um, it was like I, that allied health, yeah. that health side of things. Yeah, and physio just made the most sense because I love being Actually, it was my top subject yeah um, yeah my top subject followed by English language which is like a, the kind of like the science of English yeah. and all my subjects were pretty much science with one maybe accounting subject so it was always a, I was always a science kid yeah it's so sporty like love sport so it just married both it meant that I could be in the fitness side if I wanted to yeah in musk physio but then I could be stimulated in the science, science and medical side, aspect yeah. of it. So it was a yeah, really perfect marry. But to be honest, my first experience with physio was actually in a special development school when I was in year 10 and work experience. Okay, wow. And I fell into that accidentally because I just was late at organizing it and one of my friends was a speech pathologist. Yeah. And she worked at a special development school and that just changed my whole view on yeah. allied health. And I was like, I need to be here. Yeah. It was that. It was actually that that drove me more than the sports side of it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So if you ever get a chance, even just to be um, yes, a, a special you, school. Yeah, yeah you could be a with, teacher's aide actually yeah. if that's something that you're interested in. Yeah. It's so rewarding and eye-opening. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, and I understand that you've had probably like a pretty big journey. Um, compared to most other 23-year-olds um, in terms of what you've done. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about like your, your pathway after year 12 and, and once you graduated. Yeah, so um, got this somehow. I, so I did like every co-curricular you think you'd imagine. Like yeah. I think I was in about seven to nine sport teams, past Adelaide Exchange. Then I was in stage band, orchestra, uh, like 
kind of brass ensemble. I wouldn't really call it because I wasn't. I was like third trumpet. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and then did all like the house drama and choral stuff. So I literally had my toes in everything. everything yeah. Because I loved it. Um, so attendance was low, but I, it meant that I think a lot of teachers. I was like kind of you catch up with them afterwards or something. Not really. They no. were just. I was kind of like this dumb jock kind of persona. Yeah. I was like just everywhere, but getting through it. I wasn't like failing anything, but I wasn't overtly top of the yeah. class. But I came out with a, a score enough for physio, which yeah. is competitive score, yeah, um, which was awesome. But I decided to choose Melbourne last minute. Chose Melbourne over the Trove, which is at the time of in my mind a really stupid thing to have done but yeah. in hindsight the best thing I did because I ended up dropping out of Melbourne after about four weeks because I just really disliked um, uh, the structure, the structure. I was, yeah. I'm trying to put this in a way where it's not like I hate Melbourne yeah. but it was just not the right place to be doing physio for someone that has the score for physio at yeah. the trip. Yeah. And the trip has an amazing reputation. Yes. I just wanted yes, to be at Melbourne, does. not for its reputation, but because two of my best friends were there. Okay. So I was like, the lifestyle was going to be awesome. Nice. Yeah. But the course was just not. I just found myself learning bio from um, day one, from like year ten bio all over again, and it was just like I've worked all this time and for it, and I'm starting again. I know all again. this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually ended up dropping out. And then working, um, just working real hard for five months. Yeah. Um, and the plan was to drop out and reapply as a year 12 still, because my ATAR was still valid. Yeah. Um, for the trope for the next year. Yeah. The only thing was that I made the cutoff by 0.5 of a score. So if the score went higher in the next year, I would have been just under the clearly in. Yeah. So I, I worked heaps, traveled, took a gap year. Yeah. Um, booked a one-way flick, uh, ticket to Amsterdam. Wow. Yeah. And then came back five months later from Malaysia. So I kind of just took each day as it came and ended up literally jumping f between countries and continents. Yeah. Like I snowboarded in Japan and I did a trek in the Himalayas and I was hitchhiking in Europe. I yeah. couch surfed throughout Europe. Yeah. Uh, it was all solo and like I met people on the way, but it was the best thing I've ever ever done yeah so if there's any young people listening that are still in year 12 transitioning into uni mm -hmm. there's nothing that I can recommend more than taking a year off because you'll find out at uni as well even the coordinators are like there is no rush to feel like you have to finish exactly. at 21 or 22 and if you think about it 21 and 22 you're so young to be in professional career exactly. that it's okay to take a year off and be maybe a year older when you finish yeah. but then actually so much more rounded as a human yeah so i'm glad you said that because um that's something that i always whenever i'm talking to you know year 12 students um from my old school yeah. so i always say take a gap year because that's what i did you have to and i worked i learned so much from yeah. that i did a little bit of travel um, did my own sort of thing and absolutely loved it and it yeah it was changing life changing and i came into uni ready to study and um yeah <laughs> we have some uh, resonant birds here they might pop in here and there i reckon they're mating in there or something i don't know every half hour they just get really excited yeah or really hungry yeah. either one um we'll, we'll push through but yeah, yeah like i 100 yeah agree that a gap year is is so good and 
how did you sort of feel when you came back and then were going into study or going into uni? Yeah, so that instigated a lot of things, that trip. That trip, I actually took it because I was having just a really, um, like a really crap year. So I'm yeah. genuinely the most bubbly out, like I yeah. just... Positive all the time. Yeah, like I just don't, I don't drink coffee because I'd be hyperactive and I like can't drink alcohol because I'd then I'd be like yes. the only other extreme. So yeah. I'm just, just innately a, quite a happy person. But that mm-hmm. year was just a real, like I think it's inevitable that people have really dark, not good years, and yeah. that year was just a. Just and where they feel a little bit lost or. Yeah, lost and like just lonely and purpose. Like you just yeah. there's no. You just like lose any sense of who you are for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that was me, and I took that as a means of getting out of a little rut. And it's probably why I made so many decisions in terms of Melbourne over the Trobe and then dropping out. Really erratic yeah. decisions. Yeah. But it was, um, I came back, obviously, the, back to who I was prior to yes. that year. And I came back to Melbourne living this epic five months away yeah doing all these sick things like meeting the coolest people and i came back and it was so stale yeah everyone was the exact same place Didn't change nothing had changed i was like i was like my bestest friend still hadn't got no license still like <laughs> pushing that back and yeah you know no one like a lot of them still didn't have jobs and still just bumming around nothing had changed and so i was really um, itching to do something. I'd gotten to physio in the end, so I was starting, but even then, contact hours of first year at the Troy, but like six hours a week. Yeah, yes, so I was twiddling my thumbs, being like, what can I do? And then I reached out to Sarah Holloway at yeah. the time, who was a um, good friend with my sister, but back in the day, because yeah. we've got a big age gap, and they kind of lost contact. And um, Sarah is an amazing entrepreneur, mm. owns Matchmade and Match Milk, and now sees the yay, like just really incredible. And Catherine, my older sister, connected us, knowing that I kind of loved whoever owned Matchmade and not knowing who it was and realizing it was Sarah afterwards. Wow. So they yeah. reunited as friends and she introduced me and Sarah. And it was that day, it was like 27th of Feb, I actually remember. And um, we caught up for coffee. Yeah. And I was like, I don't have a really fangirl, but I was like, to know you had such an immediate impact on the local um, sphere. Mm-hmm. is really inspiring and so I was like semi-fangirling and I just said to her I was like uni is really boring I've just come back from a trip I thought of um, the idea of my first business while I was away yeah which was a food truck um, which was paper planes yeah. a food truck which we can definitely yes, talk about definitely, yeah. um, and I pitched that to her and I didn't realise how pivotal that moment was because when I pitched it to her I think I was kind of asking for validation and credibility yeah. in doing that and she came back with oh my god that's the best idea you have to do it and then that was enough for me to be like, yeah, yeah sweet, it's going to happen. It was that belief in you. Yeah, but I didn't realise that's what was happening in when I was asking you. I didn't realise it was internally me asking for validation yeah. to just say, to, to give do it, it. Yeah, give it the green light. Yeah. Um, but I had also said to me, if you need help with anything with your business, let me know. I've got zero qualifications, but I will do anything and learn anything. Yeah. Um, I back myself as a learner quite a lot. Yes. And a week later, she's like, actually, I'll take you up on that. Do you want to run my social medias? And I was like, sure, never done before. But she was just like, here, this, 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 no, this, 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 and this. And then everything else, I just pretended like I knew. <laughs> and then I just literally faked it for like a year. Yeah. So like I taught myself Photoshop, taught myself Illustrator, taught myself yeah. all of Adobe. Like I've never used them ever in my life. I've, I never saw myself as a creative, but then 
yeah. picked it up quite well. And then managed that, and then managed to match a milk bar. Jeez. And then in that time had launched paper planes, screwed paper planes, yeah, still at uni. So that's kind of, that yeah. was what instigated the whole And then everything just went from there, it was a snowball effect. Pretty much, but so that was yeah. the instigator and then that's how I got my leg up to where I am now. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And like you touched on a few things there, like in terms of, and I really want to sort of talk about this because I think it's something that's so common for the youth and for people that are just finished high school is that they go straight into uni mm. because they have all these pressures from society whether it be their parents totally. or you know oh you have to go to uni get a job after etc um, and they go to uni and, and just hate what they're doing and, yeah. and drop out and end up sort of maybe not doing anything or not having that pivotal sort of life-changing changing experience exactly how would sort of or what, what would you suggest people do to take that gap year and, and travel or if you're not enjoying it just stop it and then have a break? Yeah, I think the thing that gets to most people is that everyone believes that each decision is permanent. Yeah. And therefore, um, yeah. once they say no to uni, they think it's a permanent no, but it's actually not. Australia has one of the most amazing structures for uni in that you can defer any degree at yeah. any time. Yeah. You, we, we haven't like it's a, such a luxury that people don't know that we and, have yeah and people don't really take it up no and it's it's actually encouraged by the unis and mm. this is something I learned afterwards which is why I happily kind of give it as advice to young people is yeah. when I I went asked to go part-time in year two so I could run paper planes and yeah. the one from the coordinator said to me she's like I wish more people did this because there is no rush to finish because I right. thought she was going to be like no you can't go part-time it's way too like for another business, uh, yeah. like it's not a health issue, it's not a financial issue. So you you just want to do other things. Yeah. And it was the complete opposite response that I got, and it was that I wish more people did this. I wish more people didn't realise that you have to do something in four years. And the thing with um, being in Australia is that deferring doesn't put you back anywhere whatsoever. It doesn't mean that they don't see you as less. They don't they don't like you know make it's. You know, you're not yeah. kind of at, at any, a disadvantage in any way, other yeah. than you're one year later. But nothing else changes. Yeah. Yeah. But you get to spend a whole year away. You get you keep your position at the yeah. uni. It's awesome. So, and I think something that everyone tells himself is that if they take a year off, they're gonna get out of the habit habit of yeah. studying. They're not gonna want to come back and study. But I think it's the complete opposite. I think it's the opposite. You get you come back with a motivation and, to yeah. do what because you find what it is that you want to do yeah. and then you do it wholeheartedly rather yeah. than going into something that you think you want to do and not really knowing and then doing it half-heartedly yeah. and then having to swap after four years. So you could save four years of having to do another degree by taking one year off. Yeah. So in the long term, it's actually a smart strategy yeah. and I honestly cannot like recommend it anymore and yeah. this is coming from I've, I was never a drop kick I was never like a rebellious I'm, I was always a very academic studious like person, studious yeah. like come from a like Asian background type yeah. parents so it's not like this was always meant to be my path to like kind of go deviate yeah. um, go outside the normal path like this is me coming from someone that gets both academic achievement like get yeah. that you want to be potentially a doctor but at the same time um, the other part of me is like you need to have adventure in your life to yeah. understand what you really 100%. want it's I can't even stress enough how 
shorten that gap year was. Yeah. Because between that year also, you have no obligations to high school yeah. and no obligations yeah, to, to uni. uni. You've got zero obligations to anyone or anything. You yeah. can actually be in your gap in year. At all. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to think about, oh, my, I've got an assignment student because you actually yeah. don't. Yeah. It's definitely. Yeah, um, I, if anyone's thinking about it or really unsure of what they're doing, I think that's the best option to take. Definitely. And did your parents, were they okay with that or no? <laughs> no, they weren't at all. I thought that might have been the case. Absolutely yeah. not. But that's probably how 80% of most people's lives would go. Yeah. Is that, um, the thing that got me through is that I really back myself Yeah. in that um, I always have a plan B, C, D. So yeah. I took a gap year with my plan being to get into physio the next year. It wasn't yeah. so I could just like do nothing. Um, but my parents were not about it. But I think they grew a trust in me enough to know that I was making the right decision yeah. for me. Yeah. So I think that's a really important thing. And I have really supportive siblings mm. who will tell me what they think. My sister took a gap year as well. Um, and my other one's actually a teacher. Yeah. So they're quite reasoned, and then I had a, I've got a really nice circle of like four of my closest friends that I always go to. Yeah. Okay. And they always keep me quite grounded, but they all come from different parts and phases of life. Yeah. So it's a really nice subjective, I mean objective opinions. Yeah. And then definitely. from that I make my decision. But my parents, I do it anyway. So my path is normally I do it, I book it. Then I tell my parents. Yes. They have. They can't. Yeah. They say no, but they can't really. It's already been done. That's then I go. Then I come back, better than ever. And they're yeah. like, "Yep, that was a good decision." That's exactly me. I start it first, and then I <laughs> tell them later. And then I tell them, them yeah. yeah. Um, but <laughs> no, that, so yeah, good. you have to. You have. There's a point in time where your parents can't make your decisions anymore. Yeah. Like if it ends up being your life. Yeah. And sure, you can live the first 18 years for them if, and live out their dream pleasing for them, them and yeah. please them. But there comes a time where you have to do it for you because you have to live that life in yeah. the end. It's not their life. Yeah. It's yours. Definitely. So that was kind of the bottom line of it all. Nah, awesome. Yeah. And you mentioned paper planes. Yeah. <laughs> so where did that originate from? How did that sort of come out? Yeah. Um, yeah. So paper planes was my first business. I was 19 when I launched that and it was a food truck. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Um, that came to fruition. Well, the idea came while I was traveling. Uh, I think I was crossing the border between Vietnam and Cambodia. Yeah. And I was sitting in the bus and I was like, how cool would it be? I just come back from Nepal as well. And Nepal has this awesome culture of where their national dish is dal but you can actually get it refilled for free um, just until you're full pretty wow. much. And I was like, how cool is that, that the community um, thinks it's more important to feed the community than make money from the community. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you feed the community, it becomes stronger, more productive, and it's yes. just like a circle of things. Exactly, giving value, giving exactly. something. Yeah. yeah, and so I thought that was amazing, but I'm Vietnamese. And yeah. when I was couch surfing, I, you don't pay, no. um, so they don't expect money to exchange, but instead I would give them like a cultural exchange. And so I would make rice paper rolls with them yeah. as a form of payment. And I didn't, I paid for like half of my accommodation when I was overseas, because the other half was couch surfing. Wow. So in every country, like in Germany, Italy, Spain, like so many places, we were, I couch surfed and I made rice paper rolls, but in each place, We'll, pay, we'll put in just whatever local produce they had in it yeah. because they don't have 
traditional Vietnamese Vietnamese stuff. They just had they had rice paper. That's all you needed. And I was like, this is so cool. Like making all these different cultures exactly stemming from the one culture. Yes, yeah. And you realize with rice paper rolls is that the rice paper tastes like nothing. Yeah. So it just holds things in it. So you put anything in it. So (laughs) in Germany, we were rolling garlic bread. In the rice paper rolls, I was like, "What?" And then in Italy, they started putting cheese in their rolls, and I was like, "What the heck?" Yeah. But it was awesome. It tasted awesome. Yeah. So that they both those ideas came into play when I was like, "Oh my god, how cool would it be if we started a restaurant where it was DIY rice paper rolls?" So you get that really fun, hands-on experience with your friends yeah. out at dinner. Yeah. You can't really use your phones because you're using your hands. Yeah. Um, and it's a really cultural activity, and we do it just in the family at dinner so it's yeah. normal for us but yeah. I realised in any other culture it's so novel but it's fun yeah. and then I was like okay it's going to cost like a million dollars to get a space for that so um, my friend's dad owns a caravan company and makes mm-hmm. caravans and then I asked my sister Catherine my older one and I was like would you go into this with me yeah. she's like yes and I was like sick and literally that was all that was needed and then before I knew it paper planes was evolving into like I had drawn the floor print or the blueprint of the caravan because it was custom designed yeah, yeah. and the caravan maker was like so my friend's dad was like I don't know what you need for a food trailer so yeah. you design it I'll build it <laughs> so here I was on paint like Microsoft paint yeah. drawing a food truck because I'm not like I said this yeah. is prior to me You're knowing not- <laughs> how to use like Illustrator and Photoshop so I was like I don't even know any other digital platform to draw things so I was like yeah. paint drawing the blueprints annotating writing like council copy like doing all this yeah. stuff that I'd never done before um, and it, like submitting approval plans to this council and registering business names yeah. and all this stuff yeah. and then conceptualizing a recipe I love cooking so that part was really easy. fun and quite easy and um, we pioneered a lot of kind of strange flavors like we had a dessert rice paper roll with peanut butter and banana Yum. and sticky rice yeah. um, and that was a crowd favorite so good yeah but it was a a year of just literally having no idea what we're doing but googling everything and then connecting with people that could help us yeah so sarah was pivotal in that yeah. she then connected us to a lot of people who helped in other things and council things my cousin had a friend in the council my other cousin had an insurance company so we literally leveraged all of our networks to make this happen my other friend is a graphic designer she designed a logo she yeah. helped design the outside of it um it was just like an all I, I'm not one to like to ask for help, but mm-hmm. this was the first time I was like, this is people are awesome. It's amazing what can come yeah. from just that single question. And it became like a quite a, a youth a youth um, movement um, thing that we worked on with it. Because yep. during the process, we realized that a lot of older people were questioning. Because because I was the contact for a lot of things, mm-hmm. like pitching, asking for council this, council that. And I was, Going to meetings. Yeah, yeah, and I was like 19 they were kind of like is this a joke like are you fluffing around and I was like no like young people can be serious and have really grand ideas also and there was a little bit of like um, ridicule and they like passive ridicule and they were like oh she's not serious she won't go very long like I had a meeting with a guy once who um, uh, Business Australia or Business Victoria run little buses where you can go in to ask for advice for free about business okay, yeah. so I went into one and I booked into one and he pretty much was like at the end he was like good luck 
it's a tough industry. And I think he was saying that in terms of you can't stand up for yourself. Yeah, being a, yeah, being a young girl in a very male and dominated food yeah. industry. So I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, just kind of fueled my fire to be like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Yeah. And that kind of drove the movement to being like, we're going to be a vehicle to show that young people can do really cool things. Yeah. And can make difference in a in a world where adults that that are adults run at yeah. the moment. And so. Um, Which is hard. It's hard to break out and yeah. sort of get the trust or prove to you know adults yeah, that, that you can, can do it. Well, we did it and ended up quite well and quite passively. And I don't like being a big preacher. Yeah. Um, like we launched uh, Australia Day, Australia Day two, four years ago. Yeah. When I was yeah, still nineteen, and um, that was Coburg Velodrome, and a lot. I'm not even kidding when I mean when I say this, but everything we did was we we just were faking it until we made it. Yeah. We had. Yeah. We have zero hospitality experience, no no experience with food industry. I'd only worked in retail. My sister's only been ever like a science teacher. Yeah. We had no idea about anything, but we just like presented ourselves with such confidence that people thought we'd been in it for ages. Yeah. So we went wow. to our first event, and I remember the lady calling me up because I just and this is another really good thing about being young and doing these things is that naivety goes really a long way. Yeah. So not knowing what we didn't know. Yeah. Like yeah. it was really good for us because then there was no fear in it. A lot of people, I think, don't do things because they fear the unknown and they fear failure yeah, yeah, from yeah. stories they've heard. Yeah. Whereas I had no idea about the industry, so I was like, "Cool, I'm just going to apply for everything." Yeah. Um, like I don't know what best practice is, so I'm just going to do it. And so I was applying for events that were two weeks away, not knowing that you're meant to apply it like six months in advance. <laughs> and I was like, "Hi guys, we got a food truck. Do you want us?" Blah. And one called back, and they were like, "Will you come to our Australia Day party at Valadrome?" Yeah. She's like, "You've done some festivals and." and and big catering events before, right? And I was like, yeah, 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 like totally. She's like, yeah. great, we'd love to have you because um, one's just pulled out, and you're like, we had some photos of some recipes that I developed, and some like an Instagram, obviously, because yeah. I'd worked in social media for Matcha. Yeah. Um, and it looked decent enough that um, they it was were like, legit. yeah, and they were yeah. just like, oh yeah, because it looks really cool, and I was like, sweet. Our food truck wasn't even finished, and I had yes to this event in two weeks' time. Like only the skeleton was done, so like we nothing, like no tables were in it, no yeah. fridges, like nothing was no inside of it. All. It was, it, it was literally just the outside, like general house and yeah. just the plus on the outside was yeah. finished. None of the fittings, none of the lighting, none of the anything had been done, God. and I had said yes to this event, <laughs> and I pretty much was like, guys. We have an event in two weeks. It needs to be done. Yeah. And the caravan makers were like, holy shit. And so, like, it was literally all hands on deck. Catherine went in daily. Like, my brothers and sisters were in. They were hustling, like, no tomorrow. And yeah. I was like, shit, sorry. We had no menu, no business card, no website, no menu, no kind of um, payment system, yeah. no recipes, no structure, no... Yeah. Anything you could think of that a business needed to operate nothing <laughs> this was all done probably three days in advance i yeah. had didn't even realize i was like shit we need a logo on the van otherwise it looks like a white box yeah so i had to quickly get one like engraved and then we had no business cards i had to quickly get that done like like overnight kind of thing yeah um we had no recipe cards so i didn't even think that i was like when people get there how are they going to know what's on our menu we mm -hmm. had 
when we got to the event, long story short, we got to the event with a functioning food truck that we yeah. got the day before. So we drove it home for the first time the day before. before hoping that it didn't fall apart. Yeah, and <laughs> got it road um, worthy the morning of. Oh. Had I had work the morning of. Yeah. And um, got the logo the day before. So the first time we ever drove it was the day before. The first time we even cooked in it was the day before. So here we are prepping all this food for. We had no idea about rations or anything. Yeah. And then got there. And they were like, cool, like, like literally pretending like we've done festivals before. Got yeah. there and just opened it up. We forgot the menu, didn't have one still. Had to go to office works, get a poster paper, handwrite the menu, yeah. duct tape it with like ugly silver duct tape yeah. on this beautifully, it was Painted. a beautiful food um, little trailer. It was like, like a little home. I designed it so that it felt like a home. Yeah. It was lowered, it had Ikea benches, Ikea tubs, yeah. really open cool. so that everyone could watch. Because we made all the rice rolls on the spot. Yeah. So everyone could watch how everything was made and they could pretty much customize whatever they wanted also. Yeah. And all the recipes, everything was pretty much um, plant-based, refined sugar-free, dairy-free, yeah. um, Homemade, like we made our own, Foods, yeah, yeah, made our own um, peanut butter, made our own um, sauce, wow, made our own, like everything was hand and homemade. So, um, yeah, so that was our first night, and we were like, what the heck was that? It went nuts, like it was probably our highest grossing day to date. And we ran out of food in the first hour, mum had to deliver extra yeah. like, ingredients. We like it just went crazy, crazy wow, in that one awesome. day and yeah. then we had a three-day back-to-back event we had one in St Kilda and then back on Sunday and that kick-started kind of a year and a half to two years of within the first three months we had catered for NYOB for Lululemon thank you group cotton on um, we had booked in for a wedding for the end of the year we had um, locked in Wonderlust which is a massive yeah, yoga yeah. event um, that's just a few like we had done Essendon football club open days like footy clubs private private catering yeah we just within those three to six months we had locked all those in and they were then ended up being like and then the, the year after we had, there was just constant like it's just crazy just, yeah, and, yeah. Everyone, the word of mouth was getting out there yeah and we had like a regular sponsor queue that we'd go to weekly but a lot of it was we used to, I used to apply for a lot of places being yeah. like that's how you do it and I was, we were fortunate enough to, by the six month mark or so, we're getting asked to be at places, which is a very nice thing to have because it meant that um, they wanted us, we didn't have to prove ourselves. So, and that was really rewarding because again, we were just two young people actually catering for these big corporates. We didn't know of our age until we got there, until I'd deliver it, and they're like thinking that I was the delivery person when I really I was actually the co-founder. Yeah. Um, so it kind of picked up really well. It had I, and at the same time, that I was still at uni. Yeah. So, and you know, we didn't take any money from paper planes. It was very much a social movement yeah. to just be like, look at us young guys, we can do things, but at the same time, we wanted to do something grand so that other young people could feel like they could do something yeah. as well. And so along that journey, did you, you know, speak with other young people? Did you like go to schools and like sort of, you know, show what is actually possible? Yeah, so we did a lot of school talks that stemmed from paper planes. Yeah. And that was a free thing that we offered yeah. in schools. So we did a few of those, quite a few of those where we spoke about 
we were fully transparent. We walked in and we, they could ask whatever questions yeah. they want. Yeah. They could ask the costing, the cogs, they could ask the profit yes. margin, they could ask what capital we had to do and inject. They could ask anything they wanted to and we'd answer because I realised that that was a barrier to a lot of people entering. Yeah. Because the unknown. Yeah, it feels so um, adult and far-fetched when really it's so not. It's actually, it's actually the most... Um, I guess unregulated kind of business starting thing you could do. Yeah. Like you could anyone could start one. It's as long as they have a social media. Account. Literally, like you yeah. all you need is a name. Yeah. And a uh, hundred and fifty dollars or whatever for the yeah. business name and then you register it and you've got a business. Yeah. The rest is very much up to you how you wanna use it and manage it and like it's really unregulated mm. in terms of you don't have to use a specific payment system like yeah. money doesn't have to money can that money part we were like how does that work and it literally was just going into a business account like a personal account yeah but it was just called business account yeah so it's all it was um they could ask us any questions and we kind of just fed what we knew to them and then i think it was just giving practical advice yeah. to young people yeah. if they wanted to do those kinds of things. Yeah. So it was really actually eye-opening into how many students wanted to do that, because mm -hmm. um, by the questions, that, that by the amount of questions that we got, um, and also it was a nice to know that that's the way that the world's moving. That younger, that people are getting into business younger and younger. Yeah. yeah so yeah, definitely. It was awesome. And if someone like you know listening that wanted to start their own thing what is some practical advice like what's maybe maybe top two or top three tips yeah. on how to get started you know whether big or small yeah one would be um don't ever be afraid to reach out yeah. to anyone or anything um because the worst thing they could say is no yeah and that's exactly. it though. but that's it that's where this stemmed from yeah. as well for me reaching but, out to you exactly so but that's how i got set yeah that's how then i am where i am now where i own my own freelance business and yeah. like I actually just got offered a sponsorship to New York to work in a creative space. Wow. Coming from saying literally asking. coming from four years ago me asking Sarah if she needed any help. Yeah. That was it. And so that's one thing is not being afraid to reach out for advice or help or questions to anyone yeah. even if you don't know them. Yeah. Because um, a lot of people you'll find actually want to give advice, they just don't get asked for it. Mm. So that's one thing. Social media is amazing for that. Yeah. So definitely. Um, definitely. that's one. And then two is just starting. Yeah. Like just start. Like it's. You don't it, have to have everything. You planned. don't have to have anything planned. You don't have to tell people about it if you're not comfortable with it. But just yeah. start. Yeah. Um, it's the first part of starting to get the ball rolling. That's always the hardest. And once you do that, everything is a little bit clearer or yeah. a little bit easier. And then the third, I guess, is um, having a really good support network. Yeah. So um, friends and family that aren't going to tell yeah. you that you can't do it, but rather kind of support you in that. And push you along. Yeah. Keep you accountable. Yeah, totally. Well. And just back yourself. And uh, the, my, my biggest thing is don't fear failure. Yeah. Because the failure is not starting. Mm. Mm -hmm. That would be your biggest failure. Yeah. It's not if giving it a go in the first place. Yeah. Because it takes more courage to do it and then maybe not work out than to not do it at all. Yeah. And people will find that more inspiring than if you just try to do things that you only succeeded in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you learn so much on the way. So, do you, yeah. at any point, 
um, like even now, like sort of are scared or um, afraid of failing or have that self-doubt? So I am, it's weird, I'm actually not scared of failure. Yeah. Because I You've think... You've just accepted that it's, it's inevitable. a normal thing. Yeah. yeah. I think that it's fully inevitable and it, it, you can't fear something that's inevitable. Yeah. So as morbid as this sounds, I don't know that I don't fear death either because it's going to yeah. happen. How it happens is a different story, but it's going to happen. So you can't live your life fearing something that's going to happen anyway. So instead, why don't you just live out the best parts of that you do know is going to happen? Yeah. Like, you, like, you know, so I live out the best life that I can. Yeah. Um, knowing that one day, obviously, we're all going to die, but I don't want to die with the regrets, being mm. like, I wish I had done this. So I live out my best life, um, always. And the fear of failure for me doesn't exist because I think it's actually a construct that people have fear looking like a failure, not actually failing, failing itself. yes. Because like I said, it's inevitable. Yeah. Everyone does. Not everything is built to last. Yeah. Like every business, not you, I don't think you'll ever find one person that stays in the same business for their whole life, even if they founded it. Mm. Like um, the guys that did Instagram, they, they sold that to Facebook and they work in Facebook now. Yeah. So if you were looking at failure, some people would be like, oh, that was a failure because they still don't, they don't own it anymore. Yeah. But they've now sold it into a billion dollar business. business that and just created this empire exactly. that's so connected. Exactly. Yeah. So I think um, you can't stop doing something because you fear failure. It's going to happen anyway. Yeah, um, But just embrace the failure is the best part of it because you learn so much. And also, don't even look at it as failure. It's literally just a closing of one box to open another. Yeah. So it's yeah. hard. I don't really fear that and therefore I don't... I, I don't think that's my motivator or driver to continue. My motivator mm -hmm. and driver to continue is because I love what I do. Yeah. So it's kind of the flip side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, another one. And so that not fearing failure, has that stemmed from knowing yourself and like that um, self-reflection kind of side of things? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I, um, in the last few years, especially I guess after high school, I've done a lot more self-reflection. Yeah. Um, I started journaling when I was in year 12 yeah. um, and through that year where I was like it was a pretty shit year I was journaling a lot and that mm -hmm. was I realised that that helped so much yeah. Not even just, just writing down your thoughts yeah, writing down your emotions yeah. and you really understand because when you write you really have to actually slow down because yeah. you, you can't write as fast as you think no. you actually can't <laughs> so when you slow down you're actually articulating for the first time potentially what you're feeling and how you're feeling Yeah. and because I'm a scientist brain and heart I'm very analytical as to why I'm feeling the, the way that I am mm -hmm. so I can't just accept that I'm feeling happy yeah it's I like need to know why. why like what's today what's different today than yesterday that makes me feel better than yesterday yeah and so and then and that's how I'm I think that I'm very self-aware mm -hmm. um, so journaling to be part of that but also cycling is yeah. a huge part of my yeah. life I cycle everywhere and that's for me a form that's where I reflect yeah. self-reflect so I cycle to and from anywhere I'm going that day which means at least I get at least an hour and a half two hours of self-reflection wow. which is a lot of time yeah but a really I really value that time for me when I don't cycle I don't have the, the reflection for the day and I actually feel a little bit mm. brain foggy yeah. and like I don't know what's happened that day or I don't know how I'm really feeling yeah. whereas when I'm cycling home I can really um, summarize the day yeah. and really absorb what's happened that day 
and then be like, okay, this is how I feel. Um, this is what I've got on tomorrow. I can kind of plan as well. It's like, oh, I didn't get this done today. Let's exactly. Do that and you can be really present. Once you reflect on days like that, you can actually be present as to what's yeah. happened that day. Whereas you could just take each day as it comes oh. and be like, forget about what happened yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think everyone needs time. And it sounds really corny and, you know, like lame to write in a journal or to like yeah. spend time to reflect. It's powerful. Especially though. for young people. Like I remember being in year 12, I used to think yoga and meditation was the lamest thing ever. <laughs> I was like, how boring, yeah. how lame. Yeah, same here. It was, I was like, I look like a weirdo, like I can't stretch. It's just stupid. Yeah. But if you're a young person now and, and you're, I don't know, in a, tough spot or you you find like your mind's going really mind's, uh, miles an hour mm -hmm. reflecting in a journal I think is incredible yeah. you don't have to write pages and pages you could literally just open it up write a couple of words write dot points write yeah. however you want to do it um, and it's not lame it's actually yeah. one of it's one you'll find that one of the things that most of the most successful people in the world do 100% yeah and that's what I once I started and it was actually Denny Kennedy that yeah. like I started listening to him and hearing what he was doing I was like oh shit wow these, these people actually do this stuff and then that's how I got into like that journaling that meditation yep. side of things it's so not lame and it's the no. best thing you could do for yourself and you, you'll find yourself uh, probably being a level higher than most yep. people and all it needs is really 10 minutes yep. to start with yep. 5 minutes even yep. at the start or end of your day yep and it just grows from there. Yeah, 100%. I think yeah. if you can practice it, then if you're young now and you practice it, you are so far ahead of everyone yeah. else. And I reckon, in my personal opinion, that's going to be the thing that actually, um, I don't know how to put it, but like saves this world from a lot of issues. Like yeah. once people cotton on to that idea and become self-aware, then a lot of problems go away. Yeah, it was the best thing for my mental health. Yeah. It's the only thing that uh, with such a... Um, like my schedule is hectic. Yeah, it really is. It, but it's the one thing that keeps me um, present and grounded. Yeah, what's happening in my life and grateful. Is yeah, thing. yeah. I think gratitude, gratitude is yes. gratitude is um, is uh, underestimated in terms of how powerful it is to motivate mm -hmm. you to do better. Mm -hmm. And I think. People, I think people are always grateful, but until you they can don't actually really, write it down yeah, or actually think, think about, about it. it. Yeah, yeah, until and once you can appreciate all these little aspects that you have in your life, then you're like, oh my god, I'm going to work better. I'm going to be a better friend, a better daughter. I'm going to be a better work person. Yeah. and it just creates a much better environment for you to kind of just succeed. Yeah, everything else comes naturally when you can kind of plan. Yeah, like that. yeah, definitely. And I reckon. You've kind of already answered one of the questions I was going to ask about social media and how like everyone is so connected on social media but not connected to the people you know they spend their, their mm. whole day with. Um, do you reckon that that gratitude and self-reflection is and mindfulness is going to be the way to save that? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think as much as social media is great, um, for many reasons, it takes people away from people. Yeah. Well, you're really getting the whole jungle um, vibe here. Yeah, the children and the birds. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
that's right. People can feel like they're with us, so it's okay. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they can be present with us. It's all about that. That's it. Uh, but yeah, social media. Being present I've, this year has been the first year. It's funny you ask because my New Year's resolution kind of thing was mm-hmm. to be present with more people. Yeah. I realised in the last four years I've been doing so much with like. Um, so I did paper planes, my yeah. business sold that when I was 21, did a big bike ride at yeah. to Melbourne through Horsham actually. Yeah. Um, raised 22,000, um, went freelance, so I'm like still running my own business in the creative and social media marketing space. Yeah. Working like five retail jobs plus full time physio, as well as I was doing private, um, I was coaching private tutoring and played VFL last year. Um, so and did some boxing. Yeah, and did have done a couple of boxing fights. So it's kind of constant in terms of how hectic my life is. Yeah. Continue, but I realized that in my mind I had, I was very social, but I realized I was actually social, but it always revolved around work. Yeah. So I was like meeting up for coffee for a strategy meeting or meeting up with another person to like pitch an idea yeah. it was never actually quality time with people yeah. and as much as the time as I spend with like say Nick and Sarah I in my mind was like I see my friends all the time but it was like, pretty much just those two all the time yeah. and I was never present with my family because I'd go to a cafe do work go to another cafe do work ride home do more work go to bed at like late wake up early do more and it's just constant work yeah. and then this year I was like oh my gosh I actually haven't seen people to be with people for ages, and I started doing that at Science Year, and it's just changed everything. It's been wow. so good. Yeah. I, I, I always appreciate my friends, but now I appreciate them more Even for more, me yeah. not being seeing them for four years, but them still integrating into my life so well, yeah. and not being like, well, you haven't spoken to me for four years, so why? I don't want to have anything to do with you. Yeah. yeah. So presence, I think, is so important, and slowing down is a part of that, and yeah. reflecting and meditating instigates slowing down. Yeah. So. I think it definitely will save the whole technical world yeah. if people can get onto it earlier. Yeah. If they start practicing a really um, bad habit with things like being online always at a young age, yeah. it's hard to break out of. It is. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think if they can do it earlier, it would be a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, do you burn out at all yeah. from doing all 100%. that? percent Last and year... Yeah, last year was my first one in November. I got real sick as well. Yeah. Um, my key signs for when I'm run down, when I'm sleep deprived, I get um, one really hungry. Yeah. Two really irritable. Yeah. And three, I get real um, like indecisive, and it's really obvious. You make big choices. Yeah, or I get it's no, really obvious. No. Yeah. So my my tell um my signs for becoming burning out or going too hard are those yeah. so I can pull myself back from it quite well yeah. um, but last year I probably did and I know that because I got really sick and I don't ever get sick like yeah. I really don't get sick yeah. and I had like a three week long chest infection plus like, all yeah. this stuff because I was working I was contracted four days full time in a um, for content creation and social yes, stuff for, yes. one of, for one company plus was doing all the matches stuff plus was at plate on placement plus training for my fight and I'd just come back from New York so yeah I was it was yeah. four days full time plus plus four days full time placement which is eight days full time which doesn't exist in a seven day week no. plus training and all that stuff yeah. so it was really 
crazy and I definitely do burn out. Um, but that's why I think this year I've created such, I've created much better structures in terms yeah. of working structures for myself to, to prevent that. Because I'm like, I know, I just think being young, you don't want to be experiencing that. No. Or, or kind of get into those, those vicious cycles at a young yeah. age because it's not yeah. healthy. And they're hard to break out of as well without totally. the proper tools totally. and people around you. Yeah, but Nick and Sarah are amazing with me for that because they've yeah. experienced all of it, being yeah. serial entrepreneurs and a lot older than me. Yeah. They can openly talk about it and really guide me in the right direction mm -hmm. with how to manage it. And they're really good work ethic and they're like, no, Angie, you need to, I don't, it doesn't matter if that doesn't get done today. Yeah. We don't care. You have a break. You have a break. Take time out for yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So for a bike ride. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the support networks are so pivotal in every, everything for yeah. me to be able to do all the things that I do yeah. and then continue to do more. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll wrap things up because I, I know that you've probably got to go somewhere. Oh, Can yeah. you leave now or? You got a bit of time, so that's okay. Okay, as long as I'm not holding you up. But um, I like to ask a few questions at the end. Um, now, if you were to meet anyone in the world, whether they be alive or dead, famous, ordinary, who would it be and what question would you ask them? Um, my grandma, she's still alive. Yeah. But she speaks fluent, uh, only Vietnamese, very little English, actually no English. Wow. But she the most incredible person you'll ever ever meet she was like imprisoned for two years she organized the escape boat yeah. for my parents who pretty much came on a boat uh, similar stories but um Almost the kindergarten year. Yeah, literally. But uh, yeah, my grandma has sacrificed everything and been through everything you could possibly think of. But is the epitome of happiness and uh, just forgiveness in every sense. Like she yeah. holds no remorse to say the Communist Party that caused her a lot of grief in life. Like yeah. could have lost her children, sent them on a boat somewhere to hopefully find refuge got in prison for two years, came back from that, thought her mother died for 40 years, lived alone, her husband had died. Um, yeah. Like, with my dad and her, lived in proper poverty in terms yeah. of just had, we're living off bread for a lot of things. Yeah, but same as my, like, my dad is equally as amazing. Yeah. But I can speak to him quite easily because he speaks English. Yeah. But I wish I could, I could speak to my grandma because I speak um, Vietnamese to her. Yeah. There are some concepts that are a little bit more complex that I really want to like dig deeper into that. Yeah. And I wish I could. I would say I'm fluent, however, not in like real sophisticated and, like, yeah. conversations. And she has so much. I was like, how did you get through two years in prison in a in a cell? And she's yeah. like, I meditated every day. And so she's so spiritually connected. And I was like. And she knows everything that she, all the health things that are coming out now. Yeah. She's like laughing at the fact that we're finally finding kombucha. Yeah. And fermented stuff. Yeah. She's laughing at the fact that we're, we're latched onto goji berries in the last few years. She's like, I was putting that in your soup when you were young. She's laughing at the fact that we find chia seeds a superfood when she's put that in our food since we were born. Wow. Like she is a world of wisdom. And yeah. Has, but 
to see her honestly have no remorse against the people that kind of caused that much pain for her is I was like I was like are you angry at them she's like no they needed to put me in prison so they put me in prison like because she organized yeah. a skateboard like she had severe muscular dystrophy after that couldn't walk yeah. after walking yeah. um, had no family because they sent them all the way to get better lives um, as a mother and yeah her ability to kind of just see their side of the story and not have anger towards anyone yeah is really inspiring so like she's amazing and non-judgment yeah wow. she can look at a person really struggling and be like or like you know causing havoc on the streets or being a public nuisance she can be like they're probably just having a really crap okay. yeah but that's genuinely and not jump to conclusions that's her yeah. genuine thinking rather than being like i think i should think like this wow yeah so she's awesome yeah i really love her what, she's checked a lot what question would you ask her so you know there is that like almost language barrier there whether it be a spiritual question yeah. or something like that what's the conversation you've always wanted to have with her probably what makes you happy in life yeah I think I think you can gauge a lot from a person by knowing what ticks brings them joy yeah and yeah because yeah, yeah, yeah. like sometimes you can look at a workaholic and be like oh you're a workaholic but if that actually brings them joy then we can't kind of be like stop working because yeah. you're a workaholic you know, we can say that looks like work, bad working habits, but for them, if it brings them joy, yeah. then we can't really argue against that. I want to yeah. know what it, what makes her tick. Yeah. Like what wakes her up in the morning to get her out of bed and continue doing what she does. Because she doesn't speak a drop of English, she doesn't work, she yeah. lives and does things at home, but she still seems to love every aspect of life. And it like radiates a lot. Yeah. So, and I want to be her age and be like that. Yeah. I want to be 85 and um, like cutting trees. She's like cutting trees in the backyard. She like went to Sri Lanka last year and was like hiking into temples. She's amazing. She's honestly, yeah. physically and mentally and spiritually amazing. Wow. Yeah. So that'd probably be Yeah. Good. Awesome. And last question. What makes you tick? What makes, you know, sparks that internal flame on the inside of you to do everything you've done? do more in the future yeah I think uh, one is I only do things that I love it's been a motto and a thing that I've always done yeah and so when people ask they're like oh you think you're going to continue with physio I'm like I wouldn't I genuinely would not be here if I didn't love it yeah so it's not a question as to why I'm doing it because the answer is always the same it's because yeah. I love it um, that's one thing so when I do things I love I just continue to do it and yeah. the other thing is knowing I think in the back of my mind that there's some influence for me being me to live out my best life and knowing that in the back end there's someone else watching me do that and getting inspired by that yeah. is a really kind of motivating thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's having influence and positive impact is a really big thing for me. That's why I love physio. Um, and then yeah, living out, best, being, yeah. living out my best life is probably what gets me up and continue yeah. to do what I like to do. Amazing. Well, there you have it. What an awesome, awesome young lady Angie is. Wow, she is just incredible. I um, have been following her for a little while now um, and sort of had listened to her interview on CZA and um, Danny Kennedy's um, Fitness and Lifestyle podcast and thought she would be perfect to have on here. Um, and I literally messaged her and she's like, yep, Sunday works perfectly. 
and came down to Melbourne and caught up with her and found out it was her birthday. Like, geez. Um, so that is dedication and that, that just sort of goes to show how, um, how nice she is and, and how genuine she is and, um, and caring for others as well. Um, and I hope everyone listening got a lot out of that interview because um, I certainly did sort of speaking to her and, and asking her more questions and questions that I hadn't heard before um, or answers I hadn't heard before. So yeah, hope you all enjoyed. Now, last week I didn't upload an episode. I do apologize about that. I know I said I'll try and get one episode a week, um, but it didn't happen last week. So my apologies. I will try probably get two out this week um, to make up for last week, but we'll see how that goes. I have quite a few other interviews coming up um, and some bigger names um, in the in the sort of health and wellness industry. So looking forward to that. And um, and yeah, as always, if you um, have any feedback, please let me know. Please send it through. If you have any guests you want to sort of listen to or, or want me to interview, let me know as well. More than happy to sort of, you know, get anyone on um, and, and that sort of thing. So, yeah, and just remember, you know, a conversation is progress. So, go out there and spark that conversation with, you know, whether it be people that inspire you or just your family and friends because a conversation is so powerful. Anyway, thanks everyone for staying tuned. Peace out and enjoy the rest of your week.